It's called Let's Keep the Flames of Hope Alive. Never let the fires die. Let's keep the flames of hope alive. And never let the fires die. Take the lie of the lie. This is Jeff Fulton. This is Steve Fulton. And you have reached episode three, season two of Never Let the Fires Die, the Alarm Podcast. We've been away for a little while. Um, Jeff and I had some personal issues to take care of, specifically with one of our parents, and it has taken up most of our time in the past six weeks, I think. Two months, probably. Yeah, and so, interestingly enough, Mike Peter sent us the tracks for Viral Black right about when our mom went in the hospital, and we've been listening to it ever since. It was about three weeks before it came out to everyone else. Right. And... I have to say that album has pretty much carried me through this entire experience that we've been going through. Yeah, it's a great record. Uh, it's not just a great record. Oh, so first, Len, let me say this. Uh, before we get into the record, we talked about, I, I put up a news item on thealarm.com about five weeks ago, and it was about a contest. And the contest went, was to win one of two Mike Peters signed harmonicas that were signed at the Vans Warp Tour. And this was the contest. The contest was two things we wanted to hear from our listeners. Uh, we wanted to hear why should we interview you for our podcast. And also we wanted to hear an idea for what to do on the podcast. One or two or both of those. Um, and we wanted you to email those to Steve A. Fulton, S-T-E-V-E-A-F-U-L-T-O-N, at gmail.com. And... We would pick a winner, and we'd, and it would also allow us to figure out how to continue our podcast and do stuff. So we're still going to do that, and now we're extending that contest to November 1st. So the, the, um, the last day to submit for that contest is November 1st, 2017. Um, we want to give more people the um, opportunity because it wasn't, didn't really get out on the podcast itself. So that's that. Contest, send to Steve A. Fulton. S-T-E-V-E-A-F-U-L-T-O-N at gmail.com. Your idea for why we should interview you on our podcast and or or what you'd like to hear on the podcast. And we will randomly select a winner from the the people that give us an idea. And then secondarily, we just randomly select another winner because we have two signed harmonicas from Mike Peters. Okay. So let's talk about Viral Black. So when we left Blood Red... It felt like the last song crowd trouble. was Crowd Trouble. And to me, it doesn't end like any normal alarm song would end on any record. It ends kind of leaving you wanting more. It felt like a cliffhanger. It certainly did feel like a cliffhanger, didn't it, Steve? It felt like a cliffhanger, and I didn't know what to expect from Viral Black when it came over the wire. Um, and... As soon as I started listening to it, I was surprised because the first song is Two Rivers. Love and hate divides us, the two sides of the wall. Once we were lovers, we had it all. I and was looking many, many people have heard Two Rivers live. 
Um, I just I heard it on the tour when the alarm were here in the summer, as well as at the Vans Warp tour, and and on YouTube I've heard it a couple times, different versions. And the spectacular part of Two Rivers Live has to be the ending. Extended ending where Mike yells out lyrics from the other songs on the record, other things, and just it's like a crowd pleasing, like roaring end to a set. So you would think you might find that at the end of the record, but it's not. It's at the beginning of the record, and I think that Two Rivers on this record actually sort of starts out the record in a way that I didn't expect. And the reason is, I think, from listening to the lyrics of Two Rivers on the record, it feels like it's a different song than I thought it was. It feels like it's, it's Mike talking about the ending of something. Interesting. For me, it's, it was an epic ending to the show, feeling like it would be an epic ending to a record. It actually could have been the epic ending to Blood Red... And then the start of something new to me. And, and what I think, the reason why I say it sounds like an ending, it sounds like, to me, because I know Mike never defines his records, but it sounds like to me the ending of, or, or something that had to do with Dead Men Walking and also Big Country. And you know, there's there was yes. you know uh, in in uh, in the UK they were not allowed to be called Dead Men Walking. They had to be called what did they call themselves? The Jack Tars. Jack Tars. And there's something in there, and th- and there's also another song on this record that that I think puts the exclamation point oh, yeah. on Dead Men Walking slash Jack Tars, which we'll get to. But I do think this is a solid song, and it's produced amazing. And every single song on this record is produced impeccably. Yeah, there's a. There's um, the same wide-open spaces that were on Blood Red are there, but there's a lot more filled in with with guitar parts. And there's a little more angry yelling on this record in general than there, than there right. was on Blood Red, where it was a lot softer, a lot more singing in an introspective way. Still the same quality of tunes, um, and actually better tunes for rocking out. And that's why when I've seen the, the set lists right now that are, that are going on live, there are many more songs from Fireball Black than Blood Red because there's more rocking tunes you want to play live. Yeah, it's more of a li- this is more of a record that's live. But that's Two Rivers. The one thing that annoys me about Two Rivers, it's the only thing that annoys me pretty much this entire record, is I am not, I am not a fan of the... Um, of the little funky guitar line. All against me. At the beginning, when I first heard the song, they really annoyed me. Now I don't even notice no, that anymore. Um, they did annoy me too, but um, they sound, they still sort of slapped in it in, in post-production. But you know what? Um, anything that gives uh, James Stevenson something to do on the guitar while playing the bass at the same time, I don't know how that it works. Does, in, 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 <laughs> it does make the song sound different. 
too, which is kind of cool. So it starts with Two Rivers, which is an amazing way to start the record. I mean, people didn't think that, right? I mean, again, it's, it feels like it's going to be the end, and all of a sudden it's the beginning. It makes you go, okay, well, what comes next? It does have, the beginning does have the same starting drum beat that happens in many Mike Peters um, songs that are trying to be epic, but it, it doesn't use that very often. I mean, nothing wrong with it either. It's, it's been, it was used in um, Drunken Disorderly and things like that. But it really, all the songs really, except for one or two, really add in the keyboards to sort of yeah. fill in in a very interesting way. Yeah, I love the um, the actual, it's not really keyboard, I'd say it's more like the synthesizer. The synthesizer. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many great synthesizer parts. In fact, there's also, there's actually places where I wish it was up in the mix. Whereas on, um, so on Blood Red, the first song, Tomorrow, where it feels like, the synthesizers are way too up in the mix, and you want to hear the guitars. This is different. There are places where I wish it would, they were just a little bit louder here because they really add um, a cool effect to the song. So let's go on to 13 Dead Reindeers. Someone dies in the desert. Someone cries on the streets. While my keyboard light flashes with a text and a tweet. My night just today. Reindeers instead of reindeer, but I'm sure there's so I so I looked it up and reindeers is an acceptable plural for reindeer. So we're good. So we're good. We're good. Also, um, <clears throat> I actually this one on first listen, this is this was my favorite song on the record. So this remember how last uh, we the last podcast we did the um, our the best of the Bond stuff that right. was not released, um, and you picked out Resurrection as one of right. your songs. This song reminds me a lot of Resurrection, but a fully realized version of Resurrection. Right, with more, there's uh, more there there. Yeah, I I think this is a this is a this is a great track. I think this would have done well on on Blood Red too to fill out the to sound of Blood Red. Bit, right. I don't have a lot more to say about the song except I really like it. It does have. It starts out a little bit. Uh, I would say uh, does start out a lot. Um, to me, like a, a Rolling Stones song. Oh, it, definitely Rolling Stones, and 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 and, and you know, kind of like a uh, a latter day song off Change. But the interesting thing about all of these is this: when it does sound like a Rolling Stones song, it's actually not. I'll say it's not. Nothing about it seems um, out of place. Like everything has. There may be some familiar sounds to songs on this record. They still all harken back to the same production, the same sound. Yeah, it I can't always say it's the same with alarm records like Change, where, yes, it did sound like they were playing in a giant warehouse and Tony Visconti was producing it, but the songs didn't all sound similar enough for you to catch on to, you know, why is why is there a song like Scarlet on this and a song like Devolution or, or The Blues, Rock and, or The Rock when they're they're completely different genres? I can say like almost. like. A song like Devolution Working Man Blues was produced like, like some of the songs on this record, like Hellfire or this Fire. song, it would have been amazing. The, the, the guitars on this record are just so good, yeah. so well produced. It's right up there in one of the best tracks on the record, but the problem with saying that is like, 
There's like nine best tracks. Yeah, on the there's record. nine best tracks. Actually, record. actually, and the same token, we'll get to it. I think this record also holds two of Mike Peters' best songs. Best songs written. ever written. Exactly. So the third track is called "Beautiful." Beautiful, and this is a song that I went on before anyone had actually heard this and went on to Facebook and said that, you know, right after Grant Hart had had died from Who's Your Do, I had said, you know, I just listened to "Beautiful" again, and it sounds like a Grant Hart song off of. A warehouse songs and stories by Husker Du, and it actually still does. I I personally think it sounds like a Foo Fighters song. Same thing because there would be no Foo Fighters without Husker Du, um, and they both play drums and they both wrote their own songs and sang, um, and it does. Good it point. Sounds like that. It it kind of starts a little oddly because Thirteen Dead Raiders ends and Beautiful is not of like a very spectacular opening. It just goes right into the driving guitar. Times you have like a solo drum mix beforehand, and so no, no, this just goes right into the song. It sounds a lot like um, I'm going to say a Minneapolis or LA punk song, but a little bit more tempered. And and I, you know, if if you had to choose one song off this record that might work as a single on a modern alternative station, this might be it. That might be it. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it does sound different. I think in some ways it reminds me a lot of uh, songs from Under Attack. Uh, it just sounds, it's, it has a, uh, the feel of a sort of a mid aughties alarm. Right. Mike Peters and it does, alarm song. It will be a hidden gem for people because lots of people are going to go into this and they're going to pick out the songs that we're going to pick out as the best ones. And later on you go, hey, remember Beautiful? That song's awesome because you wouldn't have listened to it as much. You would have exactly. listened to the other ones. Exactly. You go back to it. Yeah, well, that's beautiful and it's great. And, and, and you know, we're, this is, this is a, we're sort of compacted, short podcast this time we're going through the songs quickly because we don't have a lot of time we're still in this mode with the things we're going on in our personal lives that need to get worked out and finished um that's where we're pushing stuff but just so you know you know we would love to talk more about these songs online with anybody else but but we really want to get this out there to talk about this record because i've been filled with thoughts about it for six weeks now exactly um they've been washing over me and i haven't even received my cd yet i got my cd i haven't got mine yet so, anyway, let's go on to track number four. Neutral. Neutral. Now, it, I have to say at the beginning, I couldn't stand this song. I, it was the least favorite song. I'm like, what the hell is this? Um, and then you kind of tried to turn me around to on me, it. To me, it's the cousin of Beautiful, actually, to be honest with you. It does sound a little bit like another... But, so, the the punkiness of this record is not Mike Peters trying to be so full fingers. No, the it's punkiness not. of this record is Mike Peters listening to some, re- I mean, or not just listening because he listens at all, but some really interesting New York, L.A. punk rock from the from the late seventies, early eighties, and he's not aping the ideas because it sounds better. It's much well, more well produced, but that type of sound is prevalent all over the
And it's not the UK punk rock scene. No, no. And so that's different than anything else they've done before. And I think that you've got a, you've got probably, you know, the strongest chorus. Yeah. Um, also, the break for the last part of the song is crazy, crazy. on this right. on this song. That break where, you know, the, the keyboards that lean in the break, like, it's totally unexpected. It's that left turn that you're like, wow, this record is really surprising. In the name of raise your hands In the name of raise your hands In the name of We also didn't talk about the break in Beautiful, which there's a spot in Beautiful that basically is, is like Mike Peters singing like a Blood Red song. Like that, and so there's lots of surprising breaks all over this record. Where you go, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, there's nothing. I remember one reviewer. Uh, I was reading some reviews of in the Poppy Fields. This is back in 2004, and they're like, yeah, the second half of this record's pretty good, but kind of boring. And I think if you look at how safe in the Poppy Fields was, like even the second half, they're all good songs, but they, there's no, they're they're sort of ideas that he takes to the logical conclusion without really... You're like, okay, cool. So cool. To me, I would say that... Um, that this this record's not like that. No, not at all. I would say that the safeness is um, reminds me of Wind Blows Away My Words, one of my favorite songs off Raw, but it doesn't do anything besides Wind Blows Away My Words. Like, there's no break, there's no bridge. And, and hold on to that when we get to Cenotaph, because because that's great. All right. Next song up, Heroin. Heroin. And everyone has probably heard this song because it is either you have the record or it was it's a single that's out now and it was it was played out there. But Heroin is um, the my love, my my love, my love song, and it starts out strong. But my favorite part is when it breaks into Heroin at the end. part at the end, which which is a you know a Mike Peters trope at this point to have a the song sort of break into a, this is a, whole a rock song that I've ever heard him do. It's really. a different song. I think that this song rivals No Greater Love as and it, I say slow song, not really slow, only part of it's slow, as like that sort of the sort of slow song for the record. I would choose No Greater Love from from Blood Red. I choose this one from this album. I think it's really good. I think it's my third, maybe third favorite song from the entire record. It's hard to listen to because because of how um, emotional it is, and and you know most people who know Mike Peters know what it's about. It's also a pun 
Um, yeah, it also is a pun. And, and actually, there's a movie on Netflix that uses the exact same pun right it's now. Which is really weird that, that that came up so quickly. I'm not saying this is not like Mike lifted it's just, off or anything. It's just completely it just uses the same yeah. pun in the title. I'm like, that's weird that that same pun would come up. So, but it's a great it's a great track, and it, it rivals No Greater Love. And both of those songs would be on my collected final rec- record oh, yeah, if that's what yeah, we were yeah. doing. But the next song, well, Peace the next now. song is Peace Now. And this one, um, I divided me at the beginning because... Um, By the way, love the keyboards on this record. The key, it's fantastic. Yeah. Feels like I've been here before Actually, the the um, the start of this record, the start of the song is pretty good. I was thinking of this to be like the acoustic punk rock song, and and at first listen, I was all, well, this doesn't really do what it did. Listening to it many more times, and it obviously does what it did the the first time when I heard it, which is it's it's rocking on the free world, but it's not. And and, 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 and one guitar, but and not. one guitar, but not. And what happened was this is basically Mike Peters making his version of both those songs. But his own better version. So now he has the keyboards in there or they, that that are um, closer to what he wants to do now. Sort of a static drum beat, like a very a very steel pulse. I'm not saying steel pulse as in the band, but steel pulse as in the the type of drum beat that's there. It's very very. I'm just gonna say it's like I, I think Neil Young would be happy with this song. Yeah, um, I think I do like the, the the response call to Pink Floyd. kind of out of place only because he has a great thing to yell just randomly which is no guitars no and guitar, no machine. but then he also talks about not being a brick brick on the wall which is which is which is cool yeah and i love that i love the i love the the break in this one where where you know the thing about the drums you know, yes uh, yes what is it what is it how does it sound My drums in the name of peace or in the cause of peace or one of those anyway i love that the song is very bassy it, it has a deep bass sound and it reminds me of love and understanding the way that love and understanding has a deep bass sound for another i i was i thought maybe they came at the same point in the record but they don't one comes one track later um so it's not like a callback but i think those two songs would sound good together on a on a record because of the way that um they sound Similar, and and this is sort of to me this is like a modern like of the of the two thousand one plus alarm. Yeah. This is like sounds like the two thousand plus alarm song. But if you go to Cenotaph, which is next, 
Cenotaph is something completely different. Cenotaph sounds like a, Cenotaph to me is a culmination of trying to, like, of what an original art song would have sound, sounded like. Got some food and clothes Radiation suit for the fallout And a bullet just in case Both from theme, from lyrics, from the way the guitar sound, everything. Oh, Cenotaph does one thing about, and I think that's about this whole record, except for this record, is not completely non-introspective, because it does have, it does have beautiful and, and neutral and, and heroin, which I think are about, uh, well, I'm sorry, actually neutral and heroin may or may not be about other people and things like that. Right, but what Cenotaph does is place the song squarely back on the listener. Yes. So, it's like, we know what this is about, this, or we know what this could be about. So, yeah, I mean, like, like, let's say, take it from the Mike Peters context. You know, if you want peace, you know, there, you're going to have to have war, right? Well, if you think about the the radiation suit, also at the beginning, right. this is could be a song about about getting um, chemotherapy. Chem- chemotherapy, right? Like, like it's, it's it's a chemotherapy song, or it's a song about modern times, or whatever. With a God of grace. chemotherapy or even the jewels chemotherapy so i do i do think it has something to do with that i mean or you can you can place it in that direction i do like the straight ahead version of the idea which is it's about a guy that's that's basically preparing himself for you know war that's going it's inevitable to happen based on the current times right Um, so it's very very current but also very personal at the same time And, and and i know that sometimes mike writes songs that are supposed to toe that line and they they sometimes they dip yeah. Either way, this song perfectly walks that line, where it could be about anything. It's whatever you want it to be, but you know there's something very specific that he wrote it about. Plus, it totally rocks out. It, it, it has great lyrics. The sound is amazing. Yeah. It sounds like a fully realized version of The Wind Blows Away My Words, at least from the, from the guitar part at the end. It really is like indescribable in, in, in many ways for the way it sounds. It's like, it's like, where did this song come from? Actually, I talked to a lot of this record is, wow, where did this song come from? Where did this come from? But so to me, this is the top one or two tracks. From, it's either one or two on Viral Black, on Blood, Blood Red Viral Black. The next song is Hellfire. Hellfire. Hellfire, to me, is, um, is sort of, it's sort of a, a toned-down version of a song off Raw, off Raw, I'm sorry, off of, um, off of Change, because it sounds a little bit like Slowly Down the River, but much more toned down. And then... I closed my eyes and saw the light Out of a dream you came to me I saw my life I'm gonna love you till the day I die. I come back, come back, 
still explain that that the uh, that the, the Jack Tar should be playing. Right. It it really is a it really is to me. It's like okay, you think whoever that you should be named Dead Men Walking. This is you started Dead Men walking, walking, and that was your thing. This is what a real Dead Men Walking song sounds right. sound like. I don't know if that's what Mike is saying. That's what I hear when I when I hear this. This is a this is a lost Dead Men Walking song, not a Jack Tar song because that's sort of a pirate thing. Uh, this is this is this is Dead Man Walking in its in its uh in its in its entirety. Right. Kind of sums the whole thing up and sounds great and also sounds like you said a song I've changed. I don't think it sounds toned down to me at all. I think no, it no, sounds no. like so, see this is a, I've changed all the instruments were so anytime you had an instrument that was supposed to be do that was that was loud in the mix, it was loud in the mix. So like the drums at the beginning are loud in the mix. The guitar part comes in and it's loud in the mix. With this one, it does some of the same things, but it's toned down, okay. so not everything not is everything is 11 in the mix. When it, when it, when it, when when it, it enters the song. When it enters the song, exactly. Right, so it's, I think it's not, it's, not, it's not jarring. It sounds good. Right, exactly. It sounds very, very good. Not a lot to say about this. Mike said that this is a song about rock and roll. He mentioned Crossroads and stuff. Yeah, because that's, a, that's very much... Uh, you know, a dead man walking kind of right. kind is, of thing. This song will be perfect for when the Jack Tars come out and play again. And this is like a perfect Jack Tar song. Right. I would say that so is beautiful and neutral too, because they're punk rock songs that anyone can really learn with them and play. But but definitely they'd be in different instrumentation and different production. The, well, number like, nine. Let's not let's let's skip. It's skip amnesty criteria. Okay. So that to me is number. That's the bonus the track. Bonus track. So it it and Hellfire swap out. One's supposed to be on the CD and one's supposed to be on the vinyl record. The CD amnesty criteria is supposed to be the 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 then track number eight on the album and Hellfire supposed to be track number eight on the CD. But I believe the CD got misprinted and ha- has amnesty criteria as track number as the as track number nine as well as Hellfire. And so it goes nine. And so they go right next to one another. Let's talk about it at the end, and let's talk about... Well, no, let's talk about Amnesty Criteria right, right now. Okay, actually. so, okay, from, so yeah, Prisoners, from, we had mentioned Blood that it was a, a full pushback to the 80s. So and, is this. And to me, this is a pushback to the 80s in a whole different way. So this is as if NXS wrote an alarm song, a alarm song in the eighties. It's NXS wrote Absolute Reality or something. Right. something. I'm not saying it's a bad thing because it's actually this is actually a great song, but it, but as it does it fit on this record? I don't think it fits on this record. This is a B side. This this is a, this like Prisoners is a B side. Like it's great. Flip over your single and you've got this song and it's like this is this is like where we were going, but not really. And that's what B sides are for. Um, Prisoners in this remind me of that. I know there's some people who think this is the best song out of the whole thing. You know, and I understand those people because they, they really were huge, huge 80s music fans, and, and they're the ones who were, I'm not saying them, just an overgeneralization, but like anyone whose first alarm song was Rain in the Summertime will think that Amnesty Criteria is the greatest song on this record. That's all and, I'm say. and so to me, I'm driving back and forth to hospitals and hospices and nursing facilities and Ho- other hospitals for other people in the last six weeks, All over the place. and I did not feel 
the I did not feel the vibe of the beginning of this song. Maybe maybe this is not the time for me to review this song because because I did not feel that way at all. I feel like we're in a much darker time than than than, than, than what um, Mike wants to put out on this. Musically, um, I think it's fantastic. Like it's not it's, it, it goes away from the whole punk rock idea, but it's also not a slow song. It's something that I don't think I've ever heard. Created, you know, um, by the anyone in this band particularly. Well, I mean, it, it does sound a little bit like "Only Love Can Set You Free" from it does from sound Hurricane, a little bit like but a way better version of that version song. Of like, that song. like, like it's kind of like that. It sort of harkens back to that. You know, a lot of a lot of places in this record, it sounds like the Alarm from the '80s, but like not exactly what you would have you would have found. I like the ending of the song a lot. I think it's I think it's really cool. It belongs on a B-side. That's how I feel about it. Me too. I mean, it's still, it's still a good song. I don't mind it being on the record. To me, it should have been the hidden track after Armageddon. So so, so now we get to Armageddon in the morning. And I want to say that we could probably have spent the whole podcast talking, talking about, about Armageddon, in the Armageddon in the morning. To me... What do we both... How do we feel about this I song feel like this is the best song my Peter's ever We both feel that this is the, the best song. Absolutely the best song on this collection. Throughout, throughout, well, throughout his entire solo career, but I would say that there's also some subtleties here that he gets to do on his own that would not have been allowed in the band. Like, no. Um, like, you can hear... I can hear so many songs in this, but... But, but but it's not aping any of them, right? So, like, there's a little bit of rain in the summertime in this track. And there's a little bit of um, Blaze of Glory in this track. There's a little bit of Spirit of 76 in this track. While you were steaming from the office job, the bomb went off and you could not stop it. We fight for land and not for peace To give away and not for profit Is this the way of life or not? There's a little bit of moments of time in this But I think those are all rock and roll ideas Where you have bridges that speed up And you have electronics going on and things like that. But yes, they all are pieces of songs that A little, little bit of Unbreak the Promise um, Unbreak the Promise But here's the thing And there's harmonicas that You can hear like little like Like uh, Marshall drumming, you know, in different places, but it all comes together where where um, Mike is really he's got some. There's some lines in this song that are just amazing. That, that is, uh, is this what tries me to pursue the seconds of joy that stick like glue to the strings that I strum for you to get away or to return to the only place I've ever come from. There's breaks and points with piano and things that are just like, wow. it's not, it's it's not just left from? field, but it's it comes from left field, but you're like, oh my God, this is awesome. Yeah, like, like, how did you keep adding to this? Like, where it, did the creativity come from? It creativity? keeps going, and, and it keeps going and gets better as it goes along. It gets better yeah, actually, and this better is one of those songs and better. It has about seven or eight verses, and I wanted more of them. 
I wanted to get. You I want the song. Uh, there was a time when I was driving back and forth to the hospital where I played the song just on repeat, on repeat, right. over and over and over and over. It's the only thing I wanted to hear because the only thing that made me feel like it understood my life at this point right now. Right now, um, the 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 actual point where he talks about left and right. Um, on the in the smoking sign on the airplane, yes, I had just been I just had just flown to um, to uh, San Jose to go to uh, Apple for a meeting, and I was noticing that and something about it driving the whole thing had driven driven me nuts. And I'm like, I understand, you know, like like being in that limbo. And I don't know if that's what he's about, but you know, I know that's what I thought too. I'm thinking about the plane of being on the plane too. Kids staring from a school bus window, wondering what's going down. I'm just a passenger up in the sky. Last I heard, the seatbelt sign was turned on. It said, to the left, to the right, any way, anyhow. Well, because he talks about being on a plane. Well, I mean, but I was thinking about it, not, it being literal because right. because I because I, 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 that's what I was like, I thinking of too. But um, yeah, Armageddon um, in the morning. The acoustic, uh, there's, there's, you've got you've got great power chords. You've got acoustic guitars. You've got harmonicas in this song. But also, like you said, there's a little bit of like you know, Blaze of Glory. There's a little bit of Spirit of Sex. There's a little bit of of of. But it's not a ripoff. It's like not even harkening to. It's like, hey, um, I'm I uh, I'm gonna. I'm going to throw in every bit of every great thing. If there was one, and I'm not saying this is the final song that Peter's going to write, I'm just going to say, if there was one song that would sum up all the creativity he's had in his entire career into one place for seven minutes, it would be Armageddon in the morning. And so after hearing that, I'm like, no, now I see why Two Rivers is not at the end of the record. Two Rivers is actually an angry song. But it's not an ending song. Right. It's actually the beginning of this record. The beginning of the battles happens here to explain what's going on. Now I see why this song ends this record. This song is a summing up of everything. Um, I think in the past, Mike Peters has tried to write some songs that sort of sum up his career or sum up the record or sum up the time. Um, this song does that. I don't know if you tried to do it. It feels effortless. You know, it doesn't feel like he pushed it. No, not at all. In fact, in fact... Um there's not a misspent word here either, and there's so many of them. It, 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 is, it is by far, to me, the best song he's ever written. It's obviously the best song in this collection. Couldn't be a single. Um, not that single means anything these days. No, no. I mean, um, it would be great to have um, a shortened, ver- uh, but you'd need like a four-minute version to be a single. So, so, okay, let's say that Mike needs to make a single record of, of Blood Red Viral Black. To me, you start with Viral Black. Okay, I'm, I admit it. Amnesty Criteria does not make my cut. Two Rivers does. Two Rivers makes my cut. Um, Beautiful does. Cenotaph. Cenotaph does. Heroin and Armageddon in the Morning. So that, that you, you start with. Two Rivers there. also, right? Two Rivers, right. What about 13 Dead Reindeer? We'll see if we have room for that. Okay. So then you go back to, to Blood Red, and I would want Tomorrow to be on there, uh, but I want Tomorrow... Remixed with more guitars in it. So tomorrow, 
Tomorrow I'm coming backwards. I, I don't know if I put coming back backwards on there. I don't think, I think coming backwards. On a record. Yeah, but I mean, if you're going to fit, I like coming backwards, but I don't think it's as good as some of the other tracks that we've heard since. Yeah. I, I certainly would want time and love and understanding, and I'd want. Um, I like protection a lot. I'm not quite sure. Protection is good. And no greater, love. no greater Love. I don't know. I think, again, I like Crowd Trouble, but maybe it doesn't fit as part of a full record. It'd be hard, you know, and it depends on what kind of story you're trying to tell. And I, I, I would almost say you would maybe reorder some of these tracks a little bit, but don't put out a cutout record. Put out a double album. Yeah. Um, maybe cut a couple. There may be a couple tracks to cut out that did, didn't work. Again, like I'd say, the, there's, there's I Take Prisoners and... And Amnesty Criteria make them B-sides. Or the, they, there, there's a reason why they're o- optional. I know a lot of people like Tear Apart. It's pretty good. I like Tear Apart, too, but I think it may be a little too close to some of the other sentiment on the other songs. On this there's like four songs that start exactly the same way. Right. And so you don't need all four of those. Brighter Than the Sun, I like. I think it sounds a little too much like a color sound song, so I wouldn't necessarily do that. I would put 13 Dead Reindeer back in, though, I think. You don't need, I like Crowd Trouble, but I, I understand why it doesn't need to be on this record. So it's tough. Uh, it was different, though. Tough call to put those songs. Different, but actually sounds like it should be there. So I think, I, I, you know, the reaction, I remember the reaction to Blood Red. It was very subdued online. Um, I was waiting for people to review it. People say it. A few people came out and said they liked it. I really thought Blood Red was, was great. The reaction to Viral Black is like, Almost like this is what people were waiting for. Yeah. Out of the wood where people were like, oh, this is great. This thing is fantastic. I think a lot of the people who, you know, there's a lot of obvious good stuff on this record, whereas Blood Red is, is more challenging to find it if you, if you want to listen for it. I still, think, I still think Blood Red is a great collection, and I still think these are two sides of the same coin. I still think it would be really hard to make a single record. I think you almost have to put it all together. Yeah, I mean, you would, I, I think you could... I mean, a double CD? I don't know about that. You could probably, all the, and all the shows are long, by the way, too. Not, I mean, there's some shorter ones, but none of them are... are no, take, take, a, take a CD. Take a 70, what is it, 75 minutes on a CD? What could you fit? That's what I would do. Yeah. I would try to fit it. I just try to fit as a long yeah, record I with 13 or 14. Up. I wouldn't do any of the chopping don't, that's happened when he tried to put together... Don't chop it up. I... Is every song imaginable? And I would almost keep them in the same order they're in, just with certain tracks removed, because I think it, there's a progression to how this sounds. Again, tomorrow, I still would remix it. I still would, I would guitars up, up in the mix. And also, Cenotaph, I actually would bring the, the, the synthesizer up a little bit in places. I think it sounds really good, and I think it gets buried. So a little bit, and Cenotaph, a little bit more balanced, but I, there's, it's tough because that song might, is almost might, perfect um, the way it is. The only th- I'm in peace now, I might bring up the, the, the electroacoustic guitar volume a little bit. Because it's a little bassy. It's a little, little bassy, yeah. Um, other than that, though, I mean, you know. So, uh, you know, again, uh, uh, really thrilling to be able to get two new records this year and listen to them and actually actually have them come at a time when I really needed them. Right. Really needed them. I still need them now. There's no, there's no end in sight to whatever's going on. But, but it's, it's fantastic to have new music to listen to. It, 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 it's, it speaks in a way that stuff hasn't in a long time. And it's actually the first real new music in a long time. You know, that was 2010, I think, was the last time. The last time there was a, there was a new record right. was... Right, um, seven years. Yeah, it's been a long time. So I, I want to remind people again about the contest, the harmonica contest. Again, it, you know, we'd like you. We have two Mike Peters signed owner harmonicas that were from the Vans Warp Tour. We're asking people to send us one or both of two things. 
why we should interview you on our podcast about the alarm, the Never Let the Fires Die podcast, and also what you would like to hear. what we would like to hear. We're going to choose one person who wins for uh, wins a harmonica for telling us why we should interview them, and then one person at random. It won't be the same person. And uh, and send your entries to Steve. A Fulton at gmail.com again S T E V E A F U L T O N at gmail.com. Well, I want to say one thing. Oh, we right. will interview you if you win. Yeah, we will, and we'll probably interview some of you other people too because there were, I already read, I had about, there were a ton of entries already, and some people had really good reasons to be interviewed. I just don't think we gave enough people a chance. So that's why we're extending it to November 1st, 2017. Get your entry in. Hopefully I'll get this podcast up this weekend. It's the weekend, I think, it's the 6th. So hopefully it'll be up by the 8th, and we'll be able to, uh, to, to do it. All right. Sounds good. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back with another podcast very soon. Yep. He, um, he does the, uh, you know, uh, the thing about the drums. Mm-hmm.